The show starts in one minute. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to episode 63 of Saturday Matinee Theater, brought to you by your friends at the Long Box Crusade. We are here in Gotham City, a recording studio set up in one of the many unused rooms in stately Wayne Manor. I am your host, Jared. Oh, wait, no, I'm not, I'm not Jared. I'm, I'm me. I'm Delvin. I'm Delvin, the commissioner, Dark Web Williams, because Jared's out, unfortunately. He's got the strep. And I got the mic, and I'm taking over for him today, and we are going to put on a show. Well, we do miss you, Jared, of course, but joining me is the Robin to Jared's Batman, Pat Sampson, a.k.a. DJ Cristados. And how are we feeling today, Boy Wonder Cristados? Well, you know, being Robins, it's a tough job. You know, I get beat up all the time and just roughhousing. I'm with this older guy, my mentor, my I don't know, grandpa, possibly my older. friend, possibly older, possibly yeah. younger. I don't know. But, you You're know, he takes me to certain places. I don't know if I should be in. I don't know if I should be there. But and Delvin, you know, you being the nice uh, commissioner that you are, you've uh, often asked to, you know, if do you want to check me out. And I said, you know, I'll take you up on that. But one condition, Delvin, don't give me any pills because <laughs> I don't know if I can take them or not. I don't know if I'm old enough That's you know, true. or do I need the yeah. chewables or I, I, I don't know. One day, one day we're going to get this figured out. Not today, but but one day. We move on. And joining me is the laziest Alfred Pennyworth of all time, my brother from another mother, Jason, the Weasel Skull Albrecht. And how are you today, Jason? You know, still checking those classified ads, uh, doing a little job hunting, kind of sick of this S that I've been putting up with with these two hooligans. First off, they disguise me as a mark to go in and get beat up by a bunch of thugs. Then I get shoved into another room, room set on fire, right? My boss, who sets up this brilliant ambush, gets his tail whooped. I got to go. I got to sling his butt back to the Batmobile, go back and get that, I don't know how old he is, kid, man, whatever, Robin, and bring him into the Mm -hmm. Batmobile. I take him back. You know what the first thing this fool says to me when he finally regains conscious? What does he say, man? What does he say? Batmobile Dusty, wash it, Alfred. Oh, wash this, Batman. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting a better job. That's all. That's all. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jason. I'm sorry that you're treated that way. Uh, hopefully, back in the 30s, they had workman's comp. I'm not sure. We've got to move on, however. Oh, no, Pat, Pat's on the oh, I, I was just going to ask Jason if he got, did you get my clothes pressed? You know, me and Jared, we're going to be going out in a little bit. And This is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about, okay. Delvin. I added up to you. Okay. All right. Like, we're going to set up mediation later, possibly bringing Jerry Springer, maybe. Uh, but for now, we have a guest. His name is Kevin Reitzel of the Fandom Podcast Network. Welcome, Kevin. How are you doing? Hey, man, thanks for having me on. I'm excited, uh, especially uh, talking about what we're going to be talking about here. Uh, and by the way, I'm pretty sure, pretty sure that out of the four of us, I'm probably the only one who actually knows how to play Pinochle that's mentioned in this series. 
<laughs> I, I, you got me there. I do not know how to play P-Knuckle. That is true. Pat, do you know how to I play I know how to play P-Knuckle. I do like this, and then the other four fingers come close, and then it's just whack, 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 whack. No, not that type of P-Knuckle. Jason, do you know how to play P-Knuckle? And I don't. I do not know how to play P-Knuckle. The only thing I know about P-Knuckle is that it really, it's the deck of cards really includes like high cards, like face cards and tens because. Yeah, um, P-Knuckle cards are a P-Knuckle deck includes nines all the way up through aces. And yeah, I realize that because (laughs) when Jared and I were growing up, we decided we wanted to play poker, right? We wanted to learn how to play poker. And I bought a P-Knuckle deck on accident. <laughs> I didn't know there was a different <laughs> deck of cards. So I dealt out the cards, and it was Jared and me and a couple friends. And I was like, I'm all in. <laughs> I'm like, holy cow. <laughs> I've, got like, I've got like all four kings, right? <laughs> right I here. first learned how to play P-Knuckle 30 years ago, and I recently played again with the uh, the family that taught me how to play, some friends of mine, and uh, it's it's a fun game. So <laughs> Yeah, but we were all in. We we're like, I'm all in, too. I got five kings. I was like, how do you have five kings and I have four kings? <laughs> that must have been awkward, Jason, because, you know, you couldn't read each other's P-Knuckle faces. You know what? Never mind that joke. I have questions <laughs> That, that is a thing, actually. That is a thing in Pinochle. <laughs> I have questions to ask you, Kevin, my bad jokes aside. And the first one is, what is your introduction to the Batman? Oh, gosh. Uh, originally was the 1960 series uh, with Adam West and uh, Burt Young. That That's where it started for me. And I, they were on constant repeats all the time. And I enjoyed them. I have the entire series on DVD. and. Uh, that was my first Batman. I remember vividly the excitement a year before and leading up to it, seeing the midnight premiere of the 1989 Batman with Michael Keaton, Jack Nicholson, and Kim Bassinger. And I remember where I was. I remember uh, what theater I was at. I remember who I was with. Just the excitement up to that. And then, of course, uh, I've seen every, uh, just about every Batman incarnation since. I, I, when it comes to the cartoon series, I'm not an expert on those, but the movies, yes. Well, that makes you well-suited then to answer the next question, which would be, what is your favorite iteration of Batman? Is that whatever character, whatever time frame, whatever you uh, want to answer? You know, that 89 Batman holds a special place in my heart, but uh, when it comes to Batman movie, I'm going to go with probably The Dark Knight being my favorite movie, and uh, this newest one, though that come out the batman that one's challenging it i'll tell you right now it's good um but uh definitely those are probably in my top three but that uh that dark knight with heath ledger as the joker uh is just a a near perfect film for me very hard to question that i always remember that when they were you know hyping the movie or whatever and they're like oh yep it's gonna have the joker and the joker's gonna be played by heath ledger and people are like heath ledger what it's gonna be. And then everyone watched watch the movie. It's like, oh my god, that was that, amazing. That uh, the way you describe Heath Ledger and what you said the fans were doing was the exact same thing that happened with Michael Keaton when he was announced to play Batman. There was people that actually That's wrote true. letters in saying, "Why are you doing this, guy? This is the worst decision ever." And that changed soon after when the movie came out. That is very true. Well, we don't have a neo fight when it comes to Batman, so we are in a great place. Now, Pat, 
Well, read the show description for us. All right, Del, and I'm glad you asked. Saturday Matinee Theater is a retro review show brought to you by the Longbox Crusade, where we will be taking you back to the past with some potentially overlooked retro awesomeness in the realm of television, movie serials, or films. Basically, if it's vintage and it's kind of forgotten, we're going to dig it up. On this episode, we will continue our dive into 1943's Batman serial. 1943's Batman serial was produced by Rudolph C. Florfo. It starred Lewis Wilson as Batman and Douglas Croft as Robin. So grab your batarang, fire up the Batmobile, and swing into adventure. But don't forget to make sure that beard is on both sides. to Jason for this episode's info, let's take a look, or in this case, a listen to a commercial that would have been playing at the time this episode was released, back in 1943. This will help get us in the right time frame of mind, if you will, and transport us back to the 40s. For this episode's commercial retro rewind, we have Scotty's Tissues. There's no other box of facial tissues like this. Scotty's new Magic Oval Box. Only Scotty's give you tissues that float up gently, one at a time, and come out in neat handfuls, too, because there's a Magic Oval inside every new Scotty's box. Only Scotty's Magic Oval can give you tissues that float up, smooth and easy. No tugging, no tearing, no extra tissues tagging along. And Scotty's Magic Oval does even more. It lets you reach in for tissues by the handful, all neatly folded, just right for pocket or purse. Scotty's new Magic Oval box is pretty, too. And inside, soft, strong, sneeze-proof Scotty's. Remember, for tissues that float up smoothly and come out in neatly folded handfuls, Look for Scotty's pretty new Magic Oval Box, the only one of its kind. Okay, what did you guys think? We will start with Kevin. <laughs> okay, um, but it was fun to watch all those commercials. But the one uh, regarding uh, the tissues, it's interesting how the design is still around today. However, the perforation that you make when you open up the top of that thing, you have to be careful sticking your hand in there because when they would make perforated edges, they were a lot sharper back then. And it also <laughs> goes back to like the old shopping paper bags. When you stuck your arm down in them, that perforation towards the top, you had to be careful because it might start, you know, scrap, uh, scratching your arm, which where these tissues would probably come in helpful after that. It's a, actually an ingenious design that still is around today, but 
the ones that I come across today, it is not quite as easy to open up anymore. It seems like you end up, you're forcing to pull like 10 or 15 out to get that damn thing started. <laughs> I got to tell you, for whatever reason, perforation is my mortal enemy. If I see perforation, <laughs> like I will, I will try and it like goes jagged and then like one second, like freaking perforations. I, I don't know why. No, nope, it's not I'm, your friend. <laughs> no, it, it is, it's not. I have never been good at it. Like same thing back at, as a kid, it, like artwork, people would cut nice straight lines. Mine would be all jack. Don't give me preparation <laughs> or artwork. Anyway, Pat, what do you think about the commercial? Like Kevin said, you know, this goes way back to that, you know, that overly thing. My thought is when I saw this, I'm like, who was the genius that thought about just the, came up with the, the stacking, the layering of them to make sure that they just come out like that all the time. I'm like, Man, that had to be some sort of a, you know, you got to be getting paid a lot of money once you figured out that process. I was like, man, I, I wish I could figure that out because every one, you just, and then when you mess it up and try to put it back together. Oh. You know, someone woke up like just in the middle of the night, Molly, Molly, look, I just thought this idea. Oval. Oval. <laughs> They paid little kids to uh, carefully stack each Respect. one. Yeah. It's like, I have trouble. You and I got a flip and fold, and I still can't fold my clothes that good. Oh, yeah. And fitted sheets. You know what? I'm getting us off track. Jason, what did you think about the commercial? I'm with you as far as the enemy of uh, perforation. Uh, that box would be a mangled mess before <laughs> one of those little perforated things separated to where I could actually peel it apart. Same with like cereal boxes or or like, you know, the macaroni and cheese where it's like puncture here and then pull the top back. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm like Zoolander. I'm just sitting there batting at the box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's not pretty. It's I'm, not, I'm not proud. <laughs> but, you know, it got me thinking tissues. It's one of those things that's been with us forever. Will be with us forever. You know? I think Pat uh, said it best. It's like they've perfected it. Nothing else you can do with it. Just oval, light and airy, pops out when you need something to, you know, blow your nose or you can take one and like wipe the screen down on your phone. Just so many uses for it. So, yeah, it's perfection. We just got to figure out this perforation thing and then we'll be there. Yeah, yeah. We can have hopes and dreams, can't we, Jason? Mm -hmm. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> And now that we're in the 1940s mindset, here's Jason with the episode info. All right. This is chapter seven, and it was titled The Phony Doctor, uh, which is kind of a spoiler. It was released on August 27th, 1943. The director was Lambert Hillier. The writers were Victor McLeod, Leslie Swabacker, and Harry L. Fraser. It guest starred J. Carol Nish as our man, Dr. Tito Daka, William Austin as my favorite, Alfred, Charles Middleton as Ken Colton. As a reminder, all 15 episodes are available on YouTube, and we highly encourage you to watch this episode before proceeding with this podcast because, well, number one, it's way more fun that way, and Delvin is going to give us a synopsis about this episode, and we're going to discuss it. So there are definitely going to be some spoilers heading your way. So once again, if you haven't watched the episode, here's your chance. We recommend you pause here, go check it out on YouTube, 
and then come back to us and join our discussion. It's about 20 minutes per episode, so it's not a big time demand. And for those of you who are watching along with us, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Don't forget to comment about the show on Twitter using the hashtag I'm following Batman. And we'll start it off with our guest, Kevin. Hashtag I'm following Batman. All right, Delvin. Hashtag I'm following Batman. Pat. Hashtag I'm vengeance or I'm following Batman. (laughs) Always got to be one. Hashtag I'm following Batman. All right, with that out of the way, let's turn it over to Delvin for this episode summary. last saw Batman, it looked like he was blown up in a big chemical explosion. And guess what? He was blown up in a big chemical explosion. Luckily, the beams from the building fell in a, quote, a perfect arch, unquote, to protect Batman from the explosion. I guess. As Bruce, Dick, and Alfred recover from all that, Ken Colton is kidnapped by a, you guessed it, phony doctor and taken to Dr. Daka's lair. While at the lair, Colton comes face-to-face with his old friend, Uncle Martin, and sees that he's been zombified. Colton wants no parts of that and uses his hidden pistol to almost escape the lair. Finally, those caveman guards out front paid off. Meanwhile, Bruce and Dick use some detective skills on the evidence they found in Colton's room and set out to check out the suspicious Japanese laundry. Their diligence pays off as they find Daka's men there and... (laughs) Once again, get their ass kicked by random dudes. Batman gets tossed down an elevator shaft and the elevator slowly descends, looking to crush our hero. Will he get away in time? Will the dynamic duo win any fist fight in this series? Why is Ken Colton the most competent character in this whole series? Tune in to find out. All right. We got highs to talk about, we got lows to talk about, and we have Kevin to discuss either of those first. Uh, I want to talk with about the highs, and that's definitely Ken Colton. This guy's got a pistol, hidden little tiny pistol he's got up his, his sleeve. He's got a, it looks like a, a six-shooter single-action revolver. Uh, this guy looks like he's seen some stuff. Yeah, he's he's definitely one of the highlights, and he definitely seems to be one of the smarter ones, even though he does succumb to, I guess, some um, uh, chloroform. Was it chloroform that uh, they used yeah, yeah. all the time so, yeah. to uh, to make people, uh, you know, unconscious? So, yeah. And, and he had a pretty good beard, too. Nothing wrong with a good beard. His beard was on point. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. No hey, gray in that beard whatsoever. Hey, hey, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with growing a beard. I didn't Easy. say there's anything wrong with it. Just, it, I felt shade, you know? Like it <laughs> I felt can't like help what you felt. That comment. Mm. <laughs> can't help what you felt. We're going to go ahead and go with Pat, and Pat's going to discuss things next. We might get to Jason this round. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just going to play off a little quickly uh, what Kevin said with Colton. You know, I'm like, boy, this cowboy still got the skills. He's pistol packing, ready to go and ready to have some fun. So, and what would you expect? You know, he learned from being mean the merciless. 
when we learned that. That is true. That's true. I I listened to that last Batman, which I wasn't on. That was a great reveal. I yeah, didn't even was. looking at him. I couldn't, I couldn't even tell like, because, you know, Ming, you know, like was moving like about like 0.1 miles an hour. And this dude yeah. look all like athletic and like pulling out guns and doing gun tricks and stuff. Like he was like a cleric or something. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I liked this episode a little bit because of the fight scenes. And what I started to notice with all these different fight scenes is my eyes now starts to go to what's happening around the room with the furniture in the room. Because I'm like, okay, well, that's going to get busted. That's going to get tossed on somebody. You know, it's like the props in the room are a character in its own self now. And and that's something I started really enjoying this episode. I'm like, wow, does that really happen? I mean, I haven't been in a fight because, you know, look at me. What what can I really do? I think you could probably take Robin. I'd be scrappy, yeah. You could scrap with Robin. I I think a stray breeze could take Robin at this point. (laughs) Almost did. And a slightly stronger could probably take out Batman. (laughs) Oh, yes. A sturdy breeze could take down Batman. Oh, goodness. Well, I mean, look, at they get pushed around with all the furniture and just the desks and just all the crazy stuff that's in the room just is all fair game for everybody. And I thought that's kind of cool. It's funny. I noticed that too, as I was watching it this time, I was like, somebody's going in that laundry hamper. You know, somebody's yeah, yeah, yeah. in that laundry hamper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fun. Hey, Jason, what do you got? Besides mean comments about people's beards. <laughs> I, I made no comments about your beard. Maybe you are, um, you know, reading into something there. I don't know. In all seriousness, I think, Delvin, you brought it up. We need to talk about it. I think I've discovered a flaw in the strategy of employing a teenage boy to fight four grown men. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, who's the teenage boy? Uh, We're we're not sure of his age. We don't know if he's a teenager or if he's like, you know, 38. We're not sure. (laughs) That is true. But this just is not working out. And I'm thinking if I'm DACA, you know, if my minions come back to me like, ah, we encountered Batman and Robin again. I'll be like, so? Did you whoop him again? Did you get away? (laughs) Did you get the stuff? I don't care. I don't care. Yeah, they need to figure something else out. Because I I feel compelled to remind the listening audience that this was Batman's ambush. This was him putting the pieces in place to take down Daka's men, and it did not work. So yeah, yeah, we, we discovered I, I a problem was, here. I was watching it, and I was thinking that they needed to add one more letter. Like, and, and apparently his name is Beatman because he's getting his butt whooped all the time. <laughs> <laughs> or possibly changing a letter. Maybe he's Batman now because he just lays down for everybody. Kevin, <laughs> you, you have so, something to add. Yeah, funny little thing. I got two little trivia things here, and I want to touch on that. I actually saw part of this for the first time literally last week when my dad, who I love when he turns the TV on, he finds he goes to Turner Classics and he watches old films. I got him into Yellowstone and you know, so he goes back and forth and he turns on these great old classics. And I always ask him like what he's watching if I don't recognize it. And there was this Batman movie that was on and he was watching it. And I'm like, oh, my God, I think I've heard about this. But since you guys had me watch just this one chapter, 
Batman and Robin get their butts handed to him in the beginning and at the end. There's no winning anywhere when it comes to the fights. The best thing they have going on is a little bit of detective work on here. And um, I just realized, because I was decided to check on some trivia on this episode, at 23 years old, Batman, uh, Lewis Wilson, was the youngest actor to play the adult Bruce Wayne and Batman on screen. Maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. But yeah, it just seems like fighting isn't their forte yet. And we don't really get into the whole like gadgets thing, I guess, in this series that helps them fight you know, and using the night as maybe some advantage and stuff like that. So it was fun to watch this because I love watching old movies. I love watching, uh, I, and like you, Pat, I was watching the background. I was wondering like, is that going to break too? What's going on there? Yeah. Uh, and so I appreciated your comment on that, but it was, uh, interesting to see these guys get into two fights in this episode and both get their butts handed to them. <laughs> Hand it to them. Hand it just on a platter. Oh, my my goodness. Kevin, unless you have something to add, I'm going to consider that your opening salvo of round two, sir. <laughs> That's it, yeah. <laughs> okay, good. We can move on to Pat. Well, I'm going to bring up something that just came to me as Jason was talking before in his first round. So Doc has got these goons, right? I, I call them the goons. To me, I'm like, you know, you got this brainwave machine and you can brainwave Uncle Martin or whatever, and he can almost strangle Colton. Why aren't you brainwaving your thugs? They don't need Maybe it. they would be able to handle that. <laughs> I they see don't what you're it. saying, though. Yeah, they don't need it, obviously, but, but I see yeah, Pat's maybe, point. But I do, too. It's a good one. It's a good point. <laughs> I, I just realized, I'm like, you know what? They, I, I, you know, it's whatever, Daka. You know, you need some, you need some people to tell you how cool you are or whatever. Yeah, You just don't need some mindless people, but yeah. Anyway, the only other thing I said is, how cool is it that we got to see the secret doorman in action? We got to see what he really gets to do. You know, he helped out. I got to yeah. say, though, Pat, it was funny because he, like, had to hustle to get back into position. He had finally, like, for seven episodes, he's been standing there with that, yep. <laughs> with that club ready. And then the moment he tried to take a break, that's the <laughs> this time came he's like oh yes i gotta where to put my club <laughs> and I put a sandwich down <laughs> you know? he's just like i'm not even supposed to be on the shift today those are my uh, break man i get two 15 minute breaks a day <laughs> and now i get called in action mm. <laughs> stay off mute jason go ahead and start your round two i think that's the first time those words have ever been uttered on this show <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's a it's a great day. I'm going to end mine on a positive note, and Kevin kind of touched on it. I do like the fact that they actually use their brains here, and they go back and they use their laboratory. And even though it's, you know, it's a 1943 laboratory, so it's no bat supercomputer like we're used to today, it's good to see them working through the clues to take them to the next point of action in the story. I really appreciate that. And then quite frankly, I think it's something that, you know, some of the more modern Batman movies have kind of lost out on a little bit. So it's nice to see them actually put their heads together and use those detective skills. That was fun. Nice. Good one, Jason. Does anyone else have any uh, last parting shots? I do have one thing. I just want to mention the Pinochle reference that was made in this episode. And I found out that Pinochle, the card game, actually came from German immigrants 
brought it to America in the latter quarter of the 19th century under the name B-Knuckle, and it was changed to P-Knuckle later on. But I found out during World War I, the city of Syracuse, New York, outlawed the playing of P-Knuckle in a gesture of anti-German sentiment. It was also temporarily banned in some other cities as a result of its German heritage, but has since regained popularity. So the game's been around for a long while, and there used to be a way when you would win the game, you would actually tap your knuckles on the table, and that's why Knuckle made it into uh, the name. Whoa, gosh dang, didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I just no actually idea. I actually played Pinochle about a week ago with some friends of mine. <laughs> Was it fun? Very nice. <laughs> I, a lot of I fun. feel like I feel like Jared here and saying, Pat, I know you have extra notes, Ooh, so by yeah. all means. I got two things. I have black lights, just not for discos anymore. <laughs> I'm glad that they used the black light there. And I'm like, oh wow, that's pretty cool how they figured that mystery out. And uh, we'll go to our bat fights. So help me count these out. I got one. Goons and furniture. Batman fights goons and furniture. <laughs> wow. Batman wow. fights an wow. explosion. Wow. 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 And then Batman fights more goons and laundry. Wow. 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 Then he's going to fight an elevator. But yep. what, wow. how wow. long was that fall? That had to, he, They were out like three stories high. I think, yeah. I think. Um, and then he just boom. Uh, I, I mean, you already you already like had me at you already had me at unbelievable when he survived the explosion and was right next to the thing. But <laughs> huh. yeah, he, Bat, he Batman's living through explosions in their face. That's uh, seems like it's <laughs> kind of been carrying on. <laughs> yeah, uh, apparently he has the superpower of being able to survive these crazy explosions, but unable to win any fight whatsoever. The, yes. the only thing that I want to add, just as a comment, was I'm reminded of that Nine Inch Nail song, Every Day is Exactly the Same. And the reason I bring that up is like, okay, I missed a few issues of Batman, but we come back and it's like you got DACA, he's still on the same scheme. And Batman still like catches up to the scheme. Then Batman gets his butt whooped again, yeah, again and again. Like, okay, need something else to happen for me to really be like amped up about it. But I feel like I need to put in an action film face-off plug here because, as it says, an action film face-off. It doesn't matter how hard you can hit; it's how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward, how much you can take and keep moving forward. He's been hit. He's been blown up. He's been thrown in an elevator shaft. He's been crushed by an elevator. He keeps moving forward. He's going to get Doc at the end. Well, I mean, hope, hopefully it's, it's either that or he's just going to you know collapse on top of him and that's going to count as a win. But lest I forget hey, that well, I'm... Let me, let me ask that. Let me ask you this. If he maybe gets beat up and all that and maybe doesn't make it out, is Robin old enough to collect the insurance? Or is he underage as a beneficiary? So I'm going to go ahead and read the fun facts <laughs> provided to us by Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist. The fun facts for this Saturday matinee theater are basically without the combination of Hugh Hefner and the Batman serial, we probably would not have had the Adam West Batman TV show. Hugh Hefner replayed all the serial episodes at the Playboy Mansion in 1964, which got people talking about it again. In 1965, because of the newfound buzz, they released it in theaters where Batman producer William Dozier saw it. And the rest is campy bat history. 
Thanks for that, Jared. And once again, we missed you. And with that, let's get to the Batarang ratings. Five means that you loved it. Four means it was very good. Three, it was good. Two, just okay. And one, you did not like it. And we will start with our guest, Kevin. Kevin, what would you rate this episode of Batman? You know, a rush of nostalgia came over me watching this, knowing that Batman has been around this long. I knew the comics had been around just, you know, longer, but seeing this actually, you know, on video for the first time, really, and being teased to it when my dad was watching, I was like, oh my gosh, that thing is real type of thing. I actually enjoyed watching it. And, you know, watching, I've seen old serials before, whether it was Flash Gordon and stuff like this. And it made me want to take a time machine and go back and experience why kids were going to the theaters every week to see the next episode of these things. You know, it's easy to make fun of Batman and Robin getting their butt kicked in this, but uh, nostalgia carried me through it. So I'm going to say, I'm going to give it a four. Very good. Very nice, Kevin. Jason, what do you rate it? I'm at a three. You know, nostalgia is keeping, keeping me going at a three. I really, I think you summed it up really well, Delvin. It does feel a little bit of wash, rinse, repeat at this point a bit. But there is always just enough in there. I talked a little bit about the laboratory and, and using their detective skills. I also like Daka's lair. They had another scene in his lair, so that always kind of seems pretty cool to me. There's always just enough in there that brings me back to that core Batman feeling of goodness that keeps me, you know, at the three level. So three for me. Go for it, Pat. This one, you mentioned it too, Delvin, is just the rinse and repeat, the rinse and repeat on this one. Having, you know, seen all six of them, seven of them now, I'm hanging at the the just okay, but like Jason and Kevin, I got that nostalgic feeling and just, you know, it's something was fun about it to watch it. The, the fun things that I saw. And I think really Colton was a good character that kind of let you play along. And why I was more interested in his adventure now to see what happened. So I'm, I'm going to give a good, what about you? Give a number three. Oh, I'm going to give it a three, three. Good means three. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you at three and I'm telling you, like I watched the episode And I'm glad I got the opportunity to read the episode summary because I forgot nearly everything about the episode. And that doesn't bode well because I I watched, I could watch an episode of Flash Gordon, which is about 13 minutes or so, 18 minutes or whatever. And I vividly remembered everything that happened because something crazy and fantastic was happening each issue that made it just a little bit different. And then it would end on the cliffhanger like you expected it to. But like the action felt advanced most of the time here. I missed, I think, maybe two episodes and came back to it and was like, I didn't miss anything at all. Nothing really seemed advanced. It seemed like the exact same thing happened. And that doesn't leave me super impressed with Batman so far. And I want to be. So it's a three. uh, And it's just at that low level of the three where I'm hoping that it picks up. I'm very optimistic about the future. But if it doesn't, I'm probably not going to be afraid to drop that to a two next time. But let's see. I'm definitely hoping for good things. And with that, we are thrilled to kick off these comments with special shout outs to our Crusaders Club members. These are the fine folks that have joined our crusade. They enjoy early access to special on-box episodes, voting on show content, 
free raffle entries, and so much more. So these are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. And Helica Wolf. Oh. Auburn Elvis. Bill Beer. Blast it or stash it. Braxton Underwood. Captain Entropy. Clinton Robeson. Dave Collins. The Battle Wagon. Gerald Green. Jason Keane. Jeremy L. Oh, since it falls on me, I, I can't let this drop. Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman. I hope you like Jim Jarman too. Joe Thomas. John Watson. Josh Strickland. Candace Ward. MVP, Kathy Bright. Mark Ross. The Monstrous, Mark Hatherley. The Maxwell Traver. Michael Wagner. Miranda W. P.D. Devon. Paul Hicks. Rick from Jeff and Rick Present. Rob Morgan. Ross Michaud. Ryan Daly. Samantha Meany. Sean Urbanski. Spidey 67. Steve Cronin. Tim Price. Tony Pennington. And Toronto Cop. If we missed anyone on our list, we do apologize. Please keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release. So if you're a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. But no worries. Let us know we miss you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com. We'll get straightened out. You might be asking yourself, how do I become a Crusaders Club member? Well, it's simple. Just head over to patreon.com and search for Longbox Crusade. For as little as $1 a month, you'll get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come check it out. Don't have any extra scratch lying around, but you still want to help us out here at LBC headquarters? Please take a moment to write a review on iTunes for this podcast. Even if you just want to keep it short with just star ratings, it helps raise the profile of the show. And we will share your review on the next show. We have some shares, likes, and retweets from Chapter 6, Poison Peril. And so let's start it off. Laurel, Mountain Flower, one. Ross Michaud. Days of High Adventure Podcast. Kevin Stalwee-Ray. L. Red Raven. Fan Film Fridays. Ken Solo. The Hammer Strikes. Read Letters. Chris at BTO and Bat Books. Let it roll. Down the highway. Aaron Bossig. Rick Heineken. The lovely Ruth Sutherland. We mentioned that before, Ruth, we're sorry. Clinton Robinson. Hey, we are appreciative of everyone who gave us a like, share, or retweets. But, you know, to quote Matthew McConaughey, you know, those are rookie numbers. And we could be getting a lot more. Like, by all means, please share this with people so we can get this out to more people. I know some people out there love some Batman. I'm not tired of Batman yet. Let's see some more uh, like, shares, and retweets, please. But thank you to the ones who did, of course. Wow, look at that. There are no comments either. Oh, guys, come on. Like, I'm starting to take that personally. When I get off of this podcast, I'm going to go and I'm going to toss and turn in bed as a result. Jason. Tell them how upset you are. Man, I am so upset right now. You have no idea. I'm about mm. ready to go fight four dudes with me and a 14-year-old boy and get my butt whooped and thrown down an elevator. Mm-hmm. And you can't even talk about it? You can't even talk I mean, about did, it? What do I got to do you say, for you? Yeah. Did, did you say 14 or 41? I don't 14. know. You know what? Never mind. So... <laughs> 
As a reminder, though, you can now call and leave us a voicemail at 707-532-5269. That's 707-532-LBOX, gentlemen. Pick, Pick up, up the, the phone. phone. Pick up the phone. Lovely. All right. <laughs> Music to my ears. Jason, close us out. Yes, sir. That's it for this episode of Saturday Matinee Theater. If you'd like to hear more from us in the realm of comic books, action films, and more, check out the Long Box Crusade. Pat, shoot them in azimuth. What? Where can they find it? Oh, okay. So that, an azimuth. Well, you know, <laughs> that's something you get after you're 50, right? <laughs> I think that's uh, Alzheimer's, Pat. Oh, anyway. Well, Jason, I'm azimuth glad you asked. Glad you azimuth. Glad <laughs> you azimuth, yes. <laughs> You can find us on the iTunes, Google Play, and most podcatchers, or at www.longboxcrusade.com. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, all at Longbox Crusade. Back to you, Jason. Thank you, Pat. And if you want to hear us on our track through all the James Bond films and the world of James Bond, check out on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. Delvin, can you point them to the way? Yeah, I am not used to doing that. But yeah, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and most podcatchers, www.secretpodcast.podbeancock.com, or on Twitter at OHMSPod. Assume that I said that in a Chris Walken impression that is much, much better than Jared's. Well, I thought you Chris did. Walken was right next to us, exactly. Yeah. I, I, dude, I know. I, did, did you hear the effort that I put into that? It was extraordinary. I know. I didn't know how we landed him. I'm just, I'm glad we did. All right. If you'd like to chat with any of us chuckleheads online, we can be found at Pat. Kick us off. Well, Jason, I'm glad you asked. You can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. Delvin? You can find me on Twitter, DE underscore RAY1977. You know it, Jared. It's all that yard sale artist. And with me, it's at Weasel Skull on Twitter or at Jason Albrick on Facebook. And Instagram. Kevin, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Spartan underscore Phoenix. And you can find the Fandom Podcast Network master feed at fpnet.podbean.com. Thank you. And thanks for joining us for this episode of Saturday Matinee Theater. We'll see you next episode as we return to our coverage of the 1954 Sherlock Holmes. Not too many of these left, gentlemen. Mm-mm, sadly. Sadly. Yes, yes, sadly. But we're going to finish off this 1954 Sherlock Holmes TV series, and we're going to go into the case of the Diamond Tooth. The meetup location, you know it, 221B Baker's. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater.